0: Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game, and I'm your host, Rodrigo Balone. Now, everyone knows that our healthcare system has problems, everything from a drug-first culture to high costs, both for patients and healthcare facilities, but the one good thing about a problem is that they open the door for opportunities. Now, our next guest is capitalizing on a few problems. He created a platform that gives healthcare professionals like nurses and doctors an easy way to find the best job along with the best pay. But the company doesn't stop there. Their platform also helps hospitals and doctors find good candidates faster and cheaper than traditional methods. So let's jump into this interview with the founder and CEO of Pivot Health, Tony Campos. How are you today?
1: good
0: thanks for having me on the show i'm glad to have you on tony what's interesting about your career is that you've helped companies during hostile takeovers that's a part of big business that is rarely discussed but i find it intriguing because right or wrong that's where power moves are made can you break down to our listeners what a hostile takeover or a proxy contest is and some of the situations that may lead to this
1: Yes, of course. Um, So a hostile takeover is simply a proposal for a merger or acquisition uh, that the board of directors of that company rejects. And usually it's for a variety of different reasons. The price offering is too low, management uh, could possibly lose their jobs, or they don't believe that there are synergies um, with the actual merger acquisition. Uh, And then for a proxy contest, uh, every year a publicly traded company must have an annual meeting to elect the board of directors. So a proxy contest is when a shareholder wants to remove an individual director from the board or a slate of directors. It could be a minority or a majority slate as well. And usually both of these occurrences happen when the share prices have fallen over a certain period of time or a shareholder believes that based on his or her acumen, he or she can turn around the company uh, with the team of individuals that they have on staff or individuals that they know that have a specialty in this particular industry.
0: As a consultant, what are some best practices you've developed when it comes to executing a plan that will be contested by others?
1: One of the most valuable lessons I've learned uh, is that diverse teams perform better. Uh, Carl Icahn used to always comment on how board of directors are too entrenched and they have too similar backgrounds, so the share price is not moving anywhere. So the best way to execute a contested plan is to share the details of a long-term vision and execute accordingly.
0: You have a lot of experience advising companies in tense situations and getting a group of people to agree to something can be tough when everybody's job is on the line. When you add change into the mix, there could be even more resistance. So what are some key things that you focus on when it comes to leading a team through a transition and getting everybody to buy into one vision?
1: I always feel that people perform better when they're uh, incentivized to do so. So for an individual that is not part of management, uh, compensation is a major issue. So I think people need to be rewarded in the short term, and often that's with cash bonuses, and also in the long term, which would be equity or particular stock
0: units.
1: So in, in terms of leadership style, when you make people feel part of the organization, they want to help make it successful, and they work
0: diligently to do that.
1: having clear messages for all stakeholders to understand the goal is
0: extremely important e-commerce is definitely winning the war against retail stores a lot of big companies are going out of business because they haven't been able to adjust to this digital world and this is just the beginning of the digital transformation a lot more companies are going to fall over the next decade when it comes to working with other companies in the SaaS and e-commerce space what are some best practices you learned that helped put you in position to have success selling online?
1: I think that e-commerce companies have been successful as compared to traditional brick and mortars, uh, as of lately at least, because the e-commerce companies focus on one extremely important belief, and that is customer service. If you look at Uber, many people like to talk about how innovative they were. But if you look at the year before Uber launched, the NPS score of taxis was awful. It was, it was hit an all-time low. So opportunity combined with innovation is what separated Uber from taxis, and thus they were able to grow their market share so quickly. Being customer-centric means admitting mistakes and rectifying them quickly. That is how e-commerce is able to succeed. Every time that I had an issue personally with Uber, I was refunding the entire amount and given additional credit. Yet when I rode taxis, I was often reprimanded for not leaving a big enough tip. The way you interact with customers is what separates good companies from great companies. And you can see this with Blockbuster versus Netflix or hotels versus Airbnb and brick and mortars uh, versus Amazon. Focusing on the customer uh, leads to long-term success.
0: After spending about five years working with other companies and helping them develop strategies to grow their business, You decided to start your own SaaS business called Pivot Health. What are some key things you picked up that helped you launch your company, Pivot Health?
1: Uh, We use data and technology to streamline the entire hiring process. We source the talent through digital channels. We verify the candidate, which is called uh, primary source verification, through our technology partner in less than four days. The current industry standard is 15, and it's normally a manual process. Uh, The candidate and HR manager can schedule the interview using a technology integration on our platform. And by using data, we can give better information to health facilities so they can hire with confidence and do it more efficiently. Therefore, health facilities can find better talent that fits their organization, and candidates can find opportunities that they normally would be able to find that match the preferences in terms of schedule, salary, and location.
0: In this day and age, data analytics is a must. If you're not using the tools that are out there to help track customers and potential customer habits, then you're operating like it's a stone age and you're probably a good five to 10 years behind your competition. Can you talk about using data analytics to not only see what's going on, but also using it to improve customer sales and retention?
1: Absolutely. So we enhance uh, candidates data with our proprietary and public data sources so we can track for better long-term outcomes. For instance, on the candidate side, we uh, ask them some goals uh, during the onboarding process, and then we try and solve for how their stress levels are. Um, We incorporate personality type, uh, specifically Myers-Briggs. We take into account the salary analytics, what they should be paid, what they are being paid. We do some psychometric testing uh, we look at HCAP scores and health grades to see what their patient engagement is, uh, and then eventually want to get to determining what their EHR proficiency is um, and how many billing and coding mistakes they've made, uh, and along with soft skills that we think are often overlooked. So if you combine all that data, we can make a very clear candidate profile so that hiring institutions can hire the individual with confidence um, because for us, the long-term outcome to reduce attrition is what's most important. And then if you take it to the employer side, we ask them similar questions. We want to know about their culture, the autonomy that, the, that this role entails, the flexibility of schedule, um, career advancement uh, that the in- individual may have, performance reviews uh, of the institution, uh, what are the patient demographics uh, of the hospital or facility that uh, is being hired for. And then we take a lot of implicit data as well. So we make a recognition of the candidate to the employer. And that employer can star our X candidates. And that data gets feedback into our algorithm so that we can figure out why this individual was not a good fit that we thought was uh, based on their hiring criteria. And over time, we will have a very robust algorithm to help determine better fit for organizations so they can save time and money on hiring decisions
0: negotiating salary is something that most people struggle with because they don't want to lose a job opportunity for asking for too much money. But at the same time, they don't want to be underpaid. So how does your platform help healthcare professionals get what they're worth?
1: Most people don't negotiate salary because they're afraid to have that difficult conversation. It's usually awkward because people don't know how much they should ask for or if they're being underpaid um, from the beginning. But if you are a candidate and you are just recently hired, the organization clearly wants you. So you show them that you want to be there and you want to be there for a long time. HR fully expects people to negotiate salary because it means you want the position and you're willing to stay. So what I always tell candidates is know your worth. Figure out what your salary should be based on experience, geography, and setting. At Pivot Health, we provide transparency with salary analytics and then we give you a framework to help you negotiate your entire compensation package. Um, I worked with my negotiations professor from Wharton to develop a basic framework to negotiate, which is available to all of our uh, candidates on our platform. And those include uh, about making fact-based arguments, frame the negotiation for your intended outcome, and bundle parts of the compensation together. It's much easier to negotiate groupings versus individual items. And then anticipate potential pushback. Think about questions the HR manager may ask you. And finally, prepare a counteroffer to those potential questions. We want to increase transparency for nursing salaries. Almost every industry has a benchmark, but after thorough research, we hardly found any statistically significant data that is grouped by location, experience, and setting. Thus, we're hoping to change this so that those that are doing the work, particularly the nurses, get paid what they should be, and then we provide the framework to help them achieve that.
0: The topic of women getting equal pay has been an issue for the last 50 years. But the conversation of minorities getting underpaid isn't in the conversation much. Can you talk about how Pivot Health is helping change that and close that pay gap?
1: So Pivot Health found that uh, Latinx, uh, African-American, and Native American get paid about 15 to 20% less as compared to their non-minority counterparts. And we believe that these underrepresented groups are crucially important to patient outcomes. So right now, the African-American population based on the last census is about 13.3%, yet they only represent about 9% of all nurses. Um, if you look at the Latinx population, uh, it's about 17.6%, and only about 4% of the nursing population are Latinx. And the Native American population the, is currently about 1.2%, And only 0.4% of the entire nursing population is Native American. And this is crucially important because research shows that despite years of efforts to address disparities, the fact remains that certain ethnic and and racial groups in the U.S. receive lower quality health care than others and suffer from worse health, regardless of their health insurance coverage, their income, or where they live. A way to improve these patient outcomes is to have a nursing population that represents their patient population. People feel more comfortable when they're around others that look like them, and thus will ask more questions about their health problems. In addition, different ethnic groups have different health problems, so matching the ethnicity of the nurses with that of the patient will help to improve health outcomes for these underrepresented groups. Uh, there's tons of research from the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation on this, um, and there's also a report published in the Journal of Health Affairs that noted that research has, lo- has long shown that blacks and Hispanics as groups tend to receive fewer effective services such as cancer screenings and diabetes monitoring than white people do. Those are the kinds of services known to do a good job at helping people live healthier and longer lives. But it also turns out that minorities get more health tests and treatments that they've been identified as unnecessarily and economically inefficient. So we believe that increasing more nurses from ethnic backgrounds into the nursing workforce will help change outcomes for these underrepresented groups.
0: The best deals are when there's a win-win situation. Your platform helps both health care facilities and healthcare care professionals. How does that mindset help you deliver the best product?
1: I think a great product solves problems for both sides of the platform. Um, for the candidate side, uh, we empower the nurse. We provide salary data and negotiation techniques to increase the pay of nurses. We provide the candidates with a talent coach to help them improve their resumes and prep for interviews. And lastly, we take the lowest fees in the industry. So all that money saved from a traditional staffing firm is given back to the nurses by using ours. So by building a platform that is technology-based, we have low overhead and can deliver a better experience and thus increase the pay of nurses. And for the employer side, we provide uh, a more efficient platform. We use data to make recommendations for HR managers so that we can hopefully lower attrition over the long run. Thus, the decision is not just gut feel anymore, but rooted in quantitative research and takes into account a holistic profile of a candidate, as well as the patient population that they're serving. And we also provide primary source verification in one-third of the time, so we can reduce the time to hire immensely. Currently, it takes nearly 100 days to hire a nurse. Our goal is to cut that by 40% in our first year and even more as we grow. Not only are we more efficient, but we cut the fees by over 50% as compared to the incumbent staffing firms, so we save... Health organizations' money, and through our analytics platform, we try to make take the guesswork out of hiring by making it more efficient for both candidate and employer. By doing so, we hope to reduce attrition, and outcomes are better off for both nurses and the health organizations.
0: Tony, great interview. Is there anything else you want to tell our audience before you go?
1: I think that it's very important for uh, transparency in this industry. Too often. Um, a lot of wages are being suppressed, and people don't know about the fees that are taken in terms of traditional staffing. So I invite all listeners, especially those that are nurses and health organizations, to do a revamp of your industry and figure out what it is that you are spending money on, and is it driving long-term success? You know, Here at Pivot Health, that's all we want. we were driving long-term success. For all those listeners out there, we believe that data and technology are crucial to making decisions for hiring. Health organizations spend upwards of 50% of their entire budget on staffing or salaries. There's a lot of room for improvement. At Pivot Health, we focus on the long-term outcomes. We want health organizations to find better candidates, and we want nurses to find more opportunities and uh, and level the playing gap. Level the playing field for in terms of salary.
0: I want to thank Tony Campos, the founder and CEO of Pivot Health for being on the show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Bologna.